Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Read with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. I'm reading the book that has moved readers around the world. The Garden of Evening Mist won the Man Asian Literary Prize in 2012, making its author the first Malaysian recipient of the prize. Here in Singapore, we've seen a resurgence of interest in the book, in part because of the movie that's currently screening here that's brought the epic tale to life. Set in the lush tea landscapes of Malaya in the 1950s, The Garden of Evening Mist sees a young woman, a survivor of the Japanese occupation, trying to build a memorial for her lost sister who she saw killed during the brutal Japanese occupation. Aiming to build a Japanese garden, Yun Ling seeks out Aritomo, once the gardener for the Emperor of Japan. The garden is meant to be a tribute to the sister. So she, having suffered at the hands of Japanese and he, staunchly devoted to country above all loyalties, develop an unforgettable bond. We watch them battle their inner conflicts in a novel that of course like the best novels seem to include everything in life from the aesthetic of the Japanese garden to love and art and tattooing and all set in a familiar historical context for Asian readers. It is such a privilege and a pleasure to welcome author of the Garden of Evening Mists Tan Tuan Eng. Good morning. Good morning, Michelle. It's good to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So, in modern lingo, Aritomo ghosts Yun Ling. He leaves her without an explanation, (laughs) you know, but he leaves her the ultimate gift, a tattoo on her body, his art. So, I wanted to start by asking a question that I hear from readers. Why did you decide to make theirs an impossible relationship? Well, it's impossible because of who the nationalities are and what Yunling went through in the war. She suffered very brutally at the hands of Aritomo's people. So right from the start, as you mentioned just now, there's already a lot of tension there. And I think it's one of these relationships where there really is no way of overcoming the obstacles. And the parties have to accept that maybe it's better that one of them pulls back and withdraws because they love each other very much but one has to make the sacrifice and that's how I saw them All right, your first novel The Gift of Rain it is rare that a debut novel is shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize but it was so that's something that your first two novels achieve I wonder if you tested out some ideas on what would make a good novel in that book because in The Gift of Rain we see Philip Hutton who is a mixed Chinese English heritage his relationship with a Japanese diplomat who teaches him Aikido. Then there's a war that looms. The Japanese invade. So we see relationships. We see, you know, relationships bridging cultural differences, a theme of war, the tension of loyalty to the individual versus loyalty to the country. And there are also aspects that we see again in your second book, The Garden of Evening Miss. So I wondered if you had these building blocks of what would make a great novel that you tested out in your first book. <laughs> you think I was writing to a formula? <laughs> no. Uh, well, the, the first book was very much written based on my my interest in Aikido and my love for Penang mm. and Malayan and Malaysian history as well. That came from the heart. Mm. And with the second novel, I wanted to progress the, to follow the development of Malaya and Malaysia's history. 
So the second book is basically what happens after the war, what, whereas the first one was what happens before and during. Yes. So it's a, it's a sort of a, a movement. It's, it's, you would say like side A and side B of a record. Mm. You know, you've, you've listened to side A now, so you flip it over and you see what's on the other side. And, and that's how I, I view it as well. So it, it's really a progression through the country's past and its history. That's, <laughs> there's no formula. No if, formula. If, if, I knew a, if, I, if I knew a formula, I'd, I'd be rich. You know? I'd be writing every book. <laughs> you to, are. To that You're famous. <laughs> Listen, in your opinion, are there elements that make for a great novel, books that you enjoy? Well, I think you have to have conflict to start with. A lot of beginning writers don't realize that conflict is what drives the reader to turn the page. They want to find out how the characters overcome the conflicts in their lives. And I think one of the things I've noticed about a lot of beginning writers is that we tend to write about the war mm. or a war or any war because when you come to a point where you feel that, oh, this, this story is there's no conflict there, you, you straight away have the war, which is... <laughs> <laughs> Which is clear. It's an entire conflict there. You can work with so many aspects of of such a huge conflict. You can work in and and propel your story forward. So I think that's one of the reasons so many new writers, we we start off with with history and we we write about a war. Mm. But then, of course, with the second book, you have to move on. You have to move on to what happens after that. And it becomes harder and harder to write each book. So you're on your third book, and I know you won't tell us anything about it. No, is it, no. Is it any easier to write, though? No, um, every book gets harder. They, they told me that the first book's the easiest to write, and the second book's the hardest to write. Oh. Uh, the, uh, veteran writers, I'm, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they didn't tell me was the third book would be even worse, so they didn't harder to write. And I, I just think that every book gets harder and harder to write. It's, if you want to maintain the quality, you know, if you don't write to, again, a formula, mm-hmm. if you have a formula, then it, it's relatively easier. But if you want to do something different and fresh each with each book, it's very hard. Very hard. Mm. I hear you graciously gave about an hour and a half of your time signing books in Penang when you were last there. I wonder what's been the reception of the book in, in your home country of Malaysia? It's been incredible, thanks to the movie, because you know, a lot of people um, haven't read the book yet. Mm. So, so they weren't interested in reading the book when it was first published because I don't, it wasn't their sort of story or their type of fiction. But because the movie is everywhere and the adverts are... Astro is doing a great job promoting the film. And the adverts are really everywhere. And so you know, people become curious and they want to give the movie and the book a chance. So it's been doing incredibly very well. And I'm very pleased because it's reached out to so much, such a wider audience than a book would normally have. So it's been very gratifying. Many of us readers, I know I did, I fell in love with Aritomo, uh, the gardener of the Emperor of Japan. And we also see the brutality that the comfort women suffer at the hands of the Japanese soldiers during the occupation. Do you know how this book has been received in Japan? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's a pick to open the Osaka Asian Film Festival in March. The news just came out yesterday. So you, you're having, you're having uh, fresh off the, the press. It's because a this scoop. News. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a scoop. Yeah. And then it will premiere in Japan on 6th of March. So we're all very curious and interested to see what the response will be. Probably they'll all just focus on how good-looking Mr. Abe is. and <laughs> Which he is. <laughs> that's, the, that's the comment I get most from a lot of people, men and women, you know. They come up to me and say, oh, oh, Hiroshi Abe is so good-looking. And <laughs> then I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, but what about the book? You know, what about the book? <laughs> when you were writing Aritomo, was yeah. he good-looking yeah. in your imagination? 
I I tend not to see my characters fully. Okay. Uh, to me, they're partly in a blur as well. So, yeah, I, I don't really see them. And I don't describe them because I don't want to ruin it for readers. You know, each reader will have their own idea of what the characters will look like. So I want them to, to work a bit and use their imagination a bit because then the book becomes sort of personal to them. It becomes a two-way communication experience. Wow, if, if I yeah. yeah, because if I describe it too exactly and I tell you, oh, Aritomo is, is cross-eyed and he has a, <laughs> he has a scar on his, then it ruins it for you. <laughs> and yet it's so, so evocative, yeah. your descriptions of everything from a pin that falls out of an envelope yeah. or the, the, yeah. the gardens. There are some things you really want us to see, but for to characters, well, not so much. Field, yeah, yeah. The characters, I, I want the, the readers to, to work a bit, but to the, the, the mood and the atmosphere of the book, yes, I, I try very hard to convey the feeling of the moment in, in each scene in a book. Yeah. Are you the sort of writer who builds characters first? You know, I have some writers come on the show and they say they sometimes live with their characters and... You know, they literally hear them speaking to them. So did you build character first or was it really the period yes. of the emotion that caught no, your interest? It was the character first, with, especially with Yun Ling, Garden of Evening Mist. I had this character of her uh, survivor of the war and I was, just, I was just curious. I wanted to find out more about her, what she went through and uh, what she endured and how is she going to live with her life now, now that she survived. So from her, I built up uh, this character, but I had a problem because I didn't know who she was going to react with. I had no other characters around when, when I first conceived her. And then I remember that a few years earlier, I had met the, an actual uh, gardener of the Emperor of Japan mm. at a party in, in Johannesburg. So I thought, oh, that, that's a very evocative job title the man has, you know, the, the gardener of the Emperor of Japan. Mm. So I started thinking, okay, what if, what if I could use such a person and create him and bring him over to Malaya before the war and during the war. And then suddenly things started to become clear because they, straight away you, I had the, the conflict there. I had a survivor of a, of a Japanese uh, occupation and then she has to ask a favor, a huge favor from the people, uh, the person she hates most. You know. mm. So straight away there's, there's, there's a conflict already there. So that's, that's how I slowly build up. And then I build up the other characters around her as well, Frederick and Magnus and uh, uh, Emily and all that. People so, the world. That's beautiful. Yes. You mentioned in your first novel, Akito was actually something that you were personally interested in. And in this novel, I wonder if there's anything of a personal interest that makes it in the book. Um, no, because I, I had no interest in gardening at all. <laughs> or tattooing. <laughs> or tattooing. <laughs> I, I find tattoos not for my taste. So especially gardening, it was so hard to work up any enthusiasm to write about something which I had no interest in and no knowledge of. So it was really, really hard. Yeah, and I had to start finding things out, doing research, reading books, and talking to gardeners and landscape designers. Wow, and, the book slowly, is like an yeah, ode yeah. to gardening. It's so fascinating. <laughs> well, I faked it well. You did. <laughs> no, no, the respect and the, the, the affection for gardening slowly grew the more I read and found out about it. But it was a very hard and long process. Very, very hard. Oh. <laughs> wow. There's your loyally diligence seeing you through. Yes. <laughs> so you were born in Penang, Malaysia, trained as a lawyer. You divide your time yes. between Kuala Lumpur and Cape Town. Was it inevitable that Malaysia made it into your literary writing? Yes, of course. Uh, especially for The Gift of Rain. Uh, I always wanted to write a book about Penang to, to sort of memorialize it before the old atmosphere 
is lost forever, which is fast losing now with, with all the development and and you know all, all the shopping malls and the construction that's happening. So mm. fast losing that that special atmosphere. There. And the gift of rain was written to capture that that moment in time and, and show to the world what Penang felt like when I was growing up. Mm. So Yamashita's gold makes an appearance in the Garden of Evening Mist. Yes. Uh, for the listener, that's war loot stolen from Southeast Asia, reportedly buried deep underground, maybe in Cameron Highlands, maybe in the Philippines. When you choose historical detail, when did you know you wanted to include this aspect of historical treasure that's evaded treasure hunters, you know? Well, it was to, really towards the end of the book. You had to, had to start thinking about why, why, what was Aritomo doing here in Malaya? Why was he sent here? And I purposely left the explanation vague as well because, again, I, uh, it's intentional as well. I don't, in a book, I don't tell readers what, why he was actually here. It's up to the readers to make their own decision. Uh, I've, I've seeded a lot of clues all along the entire, throughout the entire book. So a careful reader will come to a, a well-justified uh, explanation for himself. The film had to sharpen the focus. and So the film was more explicit about Aritomo's decision and why he was here in Malaya. But the book isn't. The mm. book, you, you, you make up your own mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You were to have visited Singapore this weekend. We were supposed to have a great chat at a bookstore <laughs> yes, and I after know. a book screening. Yes. Will readers here possibly meet you soon? Uh, well, it depends on what happens around the world, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but well, since you're you sometimes in KL, since you're sometimes in KL, it is I'm a possibility yeah. that you may come yeah, by. It is a possibility, but we have to. I'd love to because I was very looking forward to, to chatting with you at the bookshop and and doing the book talk after the film because the film is very interesting to talk about the film especially post-screening when uh, everybody's the, the, the audience's re- reactions are fresh yes so yes. I, I was very much looking forward to that but you know with the, with the health scare going on I thought it'd be irresponsible to gather a big group together yes, <laughs> in a yes. public place yeah well I can tell you I was at a yeah. screening and there was an enormous cheer at the end of the movie you know lots oh, of applause you. so I think you would have enjoyed witnessing that too so we really yeah, look forward to, to seeing you sometime soon. I wonder if you can end off with, with any sort of advice to writers. I know you, you've given us a little bit here and there, but any words of advice to would-be writers? Um, yeah, the one I always give is to watch a lot of stand-up comedy. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you, do you want me to explain why? Is that about improv? or No, no, it's because stand-up comedies, they, find the, they force us to look at the world in a slightly angle. That's why it's always funny, you know. Yeah. They're telling us that what's the situation that we take for granted, but they see it from a, a, an off-kilter angle, yeah. which is also true, but we see it in a different way. And that's why we laugh, because we've never seen it in that way before. But it's also true, and it's painful as well, but it's funny. So, And that's a very useful tool for writers to, to, to acquire, to see things from a slightly different angle and to explore that and to bring something fresh out to the reader. That's, that's, yeah, that's my advice. <laughs> you are as profound and fun as your books, and I wish I could talk to you for another hour. Thank you so much well, for being here. No, thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, and uh, Enjoy the book, and uh, I hope more people go and watch the film. It, it's worth watching. It is beautiful. Yes. Tan Tuan Ning, thank okay. you for being here. Thank you, Michelle. Bye-bye. He's the acclaimed author of The Garden of Evening Mists, the book that I'm reading today, and I hope you pick up too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.